This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something? Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a plane. No, it's not that. Ooh, it's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Billy! I say Shack! Yep, I'm back. This is very good one. AI could predict long-term outcomes for patients with brain injuries from the Globe and Mail. So basically, I'm going to set this up. You know, when you're on life, when you have a brain brain injury and you're on life support, how long, you know, you may, when do you pull the plug? The article was asking, when do you pull the plug? Um, It's an agonizing decision for doctors and for loved ones. I mean, you could be in a in a coma for years or months or days. Um, so the good folks at the University of, of Western Ontario has have developed an algorithm that w- what they do is they scan your brain and it de- it 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 uh, takes a look at it detects brain um, like patterns in the brain that can help determine whether or not you're going to survive and if so how long so you can imagine what kind of an impact this would have um, if I'm in a coma my my parents or somebody well we can do the scan you might survive in six months so we're not going to take you off life support because sometimes brain it takes some people are in a coma longer than others so if you could predict somehow what not only how long you might be in a coma but whether or not you would survive it could pr- obviously save many lives and it would also give you a sense of closure if you knew if you could predict okay i don't have any chance to survive i'm going to pull the plug so i think this is really quite good incredible yeah. It is incredible. I'm very ready to say mind-boggling again. Honestly, the Ooh. kind... I know, right? Everybody pause. The kind of, um, you know, fear and anxiety we have around yeah, AI, the unknown, right. all this stuff. But when you hear something like this, the kind of impact that it could have on family members, it gives you chills, no? Like, just to be able to... The, the pressure that people feel in these circumstances making the decision Mm. and being torn apart and feeling the guilt the mental health that comes with all of that uh, to not know but to have to pull the plug not pull the plug it's devastating just the the time frame you know going through the time frame is devastating the ai's decision guys well here's the thing it's still yeah they predict it was 80 percent 80 percent accuracy correct six six months of it Right, eighty yeah. percent accuracy of what yeah. would Within happen in six months. Six months. Kind of yeah, yeah. I mean that those parameters alone are huge. They are. This and, and, and then the person's but, feeling themselves. And again, I guess we're going to then get into well, what if they're not in a position to say? Well, so again, it goes back to the decision made by the family. But that support of and taking out the well, we want we want the best for dad. We want him here. We want to hold on to him. And a lot of time, people have to make that decision that hey, man, I'm I'm trying to hang on to dad for me. What do the doctors say? Well, I can't tell you. I can't exactly. guarantee. You we know, don't know, right? Uh, we don't have enough no. information to know. There hasn't been enough research done in this stuff. Well, and, clearly and there the has. Human, but... 
the human being gets in the way, of course. Yeah, yeah of course, our emotions. Because wants to say, yeah, unplug that, unplug them or Because whatever, again, it's the psychology know? of not knowing, right? Like, what, That's right. You don't want to be stuck having made the wrong decision. And we don't even know what the wrong decision could be. Um, but yeah, Bill, this, this kind of stuff is so... Like, I, and, and they're putting it into works. They're going to try yeah, it out. Yeah, they are. They're going to try. Mm. But uh, I, In the I, ICU I, units, yeah. Yeah, um, but this is, um, we've heard so many negative stories about AI, and, and I don't know, and this is one positive thing. I mean, mm. I've heard so many things that, oh, it can do, it's no good for this, no well, good and, for and, that. And I'm sure some people know? can spin a negative on this bill. There's no I'm question. I'm sure they we, can. We, I'm because sure. it's the uncertainty that we don't yet have enough proof, and will it work in every case? No, but no yeah, surgery but works in every it's, case. It's in process. It's in progress. That's right. But nothing is 100%. No. on your next one yeah i do and this is kind of an interesting one toronto landlord bans electric vehicles from renter rental properties so this is a copy of what the whether this guy or this landlord owns two rental properties um so basically in lock in garages parking spaces and lockers across the um if if you have electric vehicles such as electric bikes, mopeds, hoverboards, um, um, segways, skateboards, scooters, please remove them. Um, this is a the what the article is basically saying is if you this could be a human rights issue. Um, you know the. I'll read what else it says here. Um, the Rental Tenants Act um, says that basically the landlord can can implement any policy uh, uh, that pertains to the running of the condo or the apartment. But the when it comes to personal property, this is where this is going to get really interesting. Can you imagine somebody? I mean, people use these vehicles to get around. I and you know you wonder if it does go to the to as if it becomes a human rights issue. How much um, does this guy have a leg to stand on? I don't know. I mean, if it goes that far. And it's just because of the concern of the lithium batteries and fire hazards. Uh, apparently so. Uh, that's that's what it says. Um, that's he's concerned <laughs> now. This is when a I, very extreme ban for a situation. Yeah, it is. It is. And when, you know, I'm reading this and I'm saying, but landlords have a right to be a little bit concerned. Um, there has been, um, they responded to, the fire department responded to over 40 fires regarding these batteries. And I guess the landlord is concerned that people are using third-party batteries. Like when you buy a new piece of equipment the manufacturer's batteries are good but when they run out people are buying these inferior batteries because they're cheaper and they don't necessarily meet our standards so that's where the concern is um, uh, i think from the landlord's perspective do we know how big of a concern this actually is like if we're focusing in on toronto um have there been enough incidences of fires caused by these lithium batteries well there's over 50 there's over 40 last year okay 
That, I guess, is concerning. Um, I just don't think it's cause enough for, and first of all, we, we're going to have to keep posted on how this affects, like, yeah, of course, actually of course. legally, are you allowed to do this ban uh, for Ontario Human Rights, but obviously for the LTB as well, Landlord-Tenant Board. But in yeah. terms of just thinking about it without all that in um, the back of our minds, it just seems ridiculous to me, like, that you're going to ban modes of transportation uh, that are cheaper, more affordable, more accessible yeah, for people. Yeah, You know, better for the environment, potentially, whatever. Like, all kinds of reasons why people have multiple kinds of transportation that is electric and not, um, you know, a gas, a gasoline powered car and you're yeah. gonna say sorry can't bring it onto this premises like that seems so outrageous to me yeah it's uh yeah more people and, and get off you, on being able to do that to begin with is yeah I, I don't think i don't think they will i mean i don't think this is gonna i mean i'm yeah. not a legal expert but i you know i'll go on a limb and saying i don't think this has this is going this is mm. not going to go very far well, you just create rules, right? And then you think, yeah. um, well, isn't there any kind of uh, meet me halfway situation here? Like, okay, a, a particular spot on the premises where we can park our electric vehicles or some safe way to park these vehicles so that we don't have to, or these modes of transportation, so that we don't have to bring it into the building, into our units, a.k.a. fire hazard, right? But I don't, I don't know how this is any different from anything else. That could be a fire hazard. It's very strange to me. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I'm. I just thought of it because of its. Um, they, I, they've they've responded to tons of fires. Sure. Well, forty or fifty. So Which I guess makes that's sense. What the, but yeah, you have to compare tons. that, it's been a lot. and you have yeah. to compare that to now how many people are using these modes of transport, right? Like these things are becoming more and more popular obviously okay. so just because of the fires doesn't necessarily well, what mean about that. what about trying to get people to pay the right price for good quality cell phone cords and mm. knowing when the heck that's yeah. causing a lot of fires exactly too. and i would i would say more than these bad now the catastrophic yeah. when these batteries explode i think there's, yeah. there's also a, a somewhat more dangerous it's a, like liability of the building maybe a bigger fire mm -hmm. yeah you we've got batteries we've got electrics and they are it's kind of like when it goes back to when buildings first had gas or electricity when they, when it was invented, they had these issues to figure out, well, if you have electric in there, or gas alone, eh, Billy? How, how much they were yeah. saying in the 1800s, oh, yeah. you know, how mm -hmm. many fires started, anything like that. And we are finding that with cars and, 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 and uh, electrics. It's a problem. Written to ban XL bully dogs by the end of the year. Um, so basically, when you breed a bulldog with a Staffordshire Terrier, um, you're getting these what they call XL bullies, and I don't know what I get. I'm assuming XL means large. That's what I would um, think. Yeah, and bully does in dogs XFL. that bully. What's that? Sorry, Kelly. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say I, at first when I first looked, I thought it read XFL. I was going to say they're not football players. Oh no, dogs not football. States. No, 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 no. Well, no, they no. might Go be ahead, linebackers no. or something. Yeah, maybe. You know, they might... I think they, that they XL is like shirts and stuff. Big. I right? would think. I would think. But what um, are bully dogs? Like dogs that bully are more likely yeah. to bully. Well, they're, yeah, they are right. dogs that. Well, they've they've been responsible apparently for a, a rash of attacks over the last year, mm -hmm. including a death and a and a couple of suspicious attacks. Now, 
you know, when it comes to these dogs, I mean, or any dog, I remember last, a number of years ago, there was a, um, a number of pit bull attacks in the city, in this city, and, and people said, oh, ban the dogs, ban the dogs, ban the dogs. Um, the, the Prime Minister of Britain said he's going to ban them. But the first thing they have to do before they can ban any is, is, it's not even a recognized breed. So, you know, you can't just ban one dog. You got to be, you got to recognize it as a breed and then you can get rid of them. I guess that's what they're trying to do. Right. You can't go um, case by case as no, if it's no, an that's aggressive right. dog, whether that's it right. is or not. If you don't want them here, they have to be classed. And that's the blending of the, um, what did you say, the Stafford? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The and I guess this is the... where they, exactly. In the And I guess this is where they feel the more likely the dog becomes a, a bullying or attack or yeah or like i think it dog. was bred for the purpose of being intimidating right yeah i fight think dog. so like a fight yeah. dog right american like pitbull terriers to... and american staffordshire terriers yeah Staffordshire. that was the original yeah. yeah well i you know do you, i i i'm a firm believer that, and and of course animal rights groups are saying that it's poor dog control and um, this is On what poor dog control. But, but, you let me, let me, but, but, but that's exactly it, Rum. And that's exactly <laughs> what they mean. It's simply that yeah. it's sort of like the arguments with guns, right? Yeah. Guns don't jump yeah. out of a cabinet and shoot people no. on their yeah. own. I don't like your it's voice. It's what we think guns should be used for and when that's to pull right. them out. Or, it's the same that's thing right. With or the dogs. way we use them. And if you give someone something to protect themselves, even, even a dog, you're going to say, suck up. If you feel threatened mm -hmm. or you don't like someone. Yeah. Well, if these dogs were on leashes, how could there have been a? How can you attack? How can a dog attack a person if you're on a leash? You can pull them off. Uh, so I have away. reason to. Yeah, eh? Like it could get away, or or you get a per. Okay, well, I'm sorry, not to pick on you, but you get a maybe somebody who the dog is too big for, right? And maybe. they're pulled literally off their feet. They can't stop the dog, right? Someone a smaller sized person. Uh, trying to handle one. And again, I understand people who love these dogs. We had this discussion about back in the days when Mark Burley joined the Toronto Blue Jays and we were going through that pit bull thing. He had pit bulls and he came from Florida where he was legally allowed to have them come to Ontario and they told him, you can't, you can't bring your dogs here. And yeah. he loved this. I said, what are you talking about? I can't bring my dogs here. Are you crazy? And that was part of, am I really going to sign with this team? Because I can't bring my dog. And I get it. Like the, you know, But we had had the rash of people being attacked, a lot of children. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether you blame the dog. I mean, I, I, I usually don't blame the dogs. I usually, I, it's, it's bad training. It's irresponsible ownership. It's literally ownership. generations of breeding for the purpose of fights and ripping people's heads off or ripping other dogs' heads off. Like, it's just, that's why bulldogs, or is it pit bulls, that got the, you know, ban, right? And the terrible reputation. Yep. But the conversations are locking shifting a jaws. little that bit. Was the yes. locking jaws yes. dogs, right? Yeah. So there is a lot of this conversation now where you're like, okay, if you have a certain kind of dog, you understand that it needs to be muzzled, that you can't yeah, just casually right. walk no. it with a doodle across the street because of, honestly, just generations of terrible training. Um, but, well, I say terrible, but you know what I mean, bred for the purpose of. And so it's kind of a similar conversation here, except they're just saying, you know, bands and we're... We're saying, well, well, should it really be banned? Do we, people we have the a... capacity to um, treat these dogs in any other way and say, well, actually, I'm not using this as an XL bully? Because they're actually asking for the definition of that, too. Right, Bill? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't yeah. have one over there for this. <laughs> no. right? But but as Fern just mentioned, too, 
there are a lot of people, and I've heard numerous people through my life speak this way, they want that dog for that purpose because it, yep, for them, the human makes them problem. feel power. And that's the human problem becomes the problem for that's these right. dogs. That's right. Oh, yeah. Whether it's oh, the yeah. breeding or handling of the dog for the purpose of or or carelessness of the person. Yeah, well, it's the kind of thing where you tell your buddies at the bar, I've got an mm-hmm. XL bully. Wow. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 irresponsible. Um, why don't they just shoot the dog or throw the person in jail? Um, Oof, I mean, there's there's got to be them. Well, I mean, uh, euthanize, euthanize. <laughs> yeah, I can't, uh, euthanize, can't just yeah. shoot the dog anymore. Yeah, don't take no, Bill so the literal there, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Look at look at the example of a Thank German you. shepherd, right? The German shepherd is now used for its rough and tough exterior as well as um, ability to be trained and just mm-hmm. everything, whatever. Because it's the such whole a smart, package. trainable animal. Exactly. Because of its temperament, because of its um, stature, you can use it as a police dog. That doesn't mean there are people... Dogs. Exactly. Yep. And guide dogs, which and even therapy dogs, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that there aren't people out there who are using shepherds for inappropriate purposes and for right. fighting and for conflict and for intimidation, but it doesn't mean that that's the only way the dog's got to go. It's really no. that we're creating and have created this reputation for this breed slash category of dogs. And now we're saying, oh, dear, we can't handle it. Uh, too many people are dying, getting hurt. Let's just get rid of the dogs. I think that's completely unfair and ridiculous. Well, and I yeah, think we is. had the difficulty with the locking jaws because any of them, whether you had someone who was making the dog aggressive, whether mm. a, a child came up and poked the dog saying hi because the child didn't know any, it was the damage the dog could do instantaneously Mm. that made that have to happen in in that sense because there wasn't the forgivable oh he bit okay he bit we can retrain the dog not to do that it's not like the old days where they necessarily have to be disposed of but it's the The there is no going back if he locked on the damage that could be done that is permanent and forever outside of the mental damage if you want that's the way it should be right right yeah Yeah. and the intervention like we haven't even talked about the intervention and rehabilitation of dogs because so many of these kind of dogs are now in rescue Right. Like they, yes. you can find them at your um, local dog rescue. And uh, of course, if you know you can't handle a dog like that, you're not going to adopt it. But for those of us who do, you know that intervention is part of the process and rehabbing the dog so that it's not um, reacting in certain ways, because reactivity is like a, a huge problem with these kind of right. breeds. Yeah. Well, and we, we certainly rehab a dog if we unfortunately find the dog has been abused by yes. somebody yes. and we still would like that dog to be find a nice loving home. Because then we have more empathy that dog for might why be the aggressive, dog. Right? Exactly. Yes, much more. And, and it, we know it's been taught or things terrible things have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, despite industry challenges, um, European overnight train sleepers are on track for a comeback. This is coming coming from the Globe and Mail. So a Dutch company called European Sleeper is banking on travelers wanting overnight rail service that links major cities of the continent um, arcing, arcing back to the golden age of transportation. So this is kind of interesting. Sleeper trains um, um, are have been, well, they've been waiting over the years, of course, because of cheap flights. And 
they're very costly because basically mm. what's happening is that they don't carry as many people because there aren't as many seats on the trains because, you know, the sleeper cars take up, you know, all the space. But um, Dutch company, there's a, a Dutch company and a company in France that are banking on people. Just there's something about taking a train, you know, the leisure, the, you know, the seeing the sights, um, the conversations you get into, um, just the, the, you know, the easeability, I guess you want to say, mm. and the, the idea of taking a train, they hope that 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 people will take to that. And, you know, when you think of Europe, you think of the Orient Express, you think of the Flying Scotsman. So there's a lot of opportunity in theory for the trains to make a comeback. And it's yep. kind of nice if they do. Uh, yeah, this, are you a fan, Brock? Trains? I'll say oh. this. I Trains are my absolute favorite way to travel. And yeah. I'll be the guy that says this. As a person who is a wheelchair user, you are automatically put up into first class because that's where the tie downs exist. And so what comes with that is the food that is associated with that. And I'm telling you far and away, the, the amount of times they come and say, want another drink, want more food, want more of this, want more of that is amazing compared to a flight where they're just like, yeah, so we're come by with our snacks and then like four hours later, we'll come by with another one. Like, it's so different for me. So much more comfortable being in my wheelchair. It's amazing. I love train travel. Yep. I totally one agree. Of the, one of the things though um, that they're saying is they're going to have to invest a lot of money in cars because a lot of the cars, um, at least in Europe anyway, they're old. Sometimes the laboratories don't work. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I don't know how accessible they are necessarily, but again, it's going to cost a lot of money. And it's, it's a gamble for these railroad officials to spend all that money. And hopefully it doesn't tank. I totally agree that a price is the real barrier here, right? Like we're, we make the oh, yeah. train ride sound like a very bougie experience. And even, you know, across Canada, like there are so many incredible train excursions you can take and vacations where the train ride is practically the the reason why you're doing it this way. Uh, Kim Hovey yesterday talked about one that she's going to take with her mom shortly on the Via. And honestly, I would love to. I would love to do one of these kind of big things uh, I've done in Sri Lanka from kind of coast to coast. The thing is, price is always the biggest barrier because aside from that, all of us have said how fun it is, how exciting it is, how it feels very, very different. It's non-comparable -com um, to a flight, right? Because airlines, there's the stress of it, there's the security check of it, there's, there's no part in which I feel very relaxed from the, you know, from my home to getting in a flight to having the actual flight and then getting off, like all of it just feels, if not extremely stressful, at least tinges of anxiety throughout the entire journey. Whereas uh, a train, you actually relax into and you can enjoy. And for some people, like Margaret Weldon, who joined us on the show for um, In the Know, it's an absolute desirable experience. It's kind of a hobby, right, to get on a train. So for sure, it's the expensive prices that have made this not possible and them having to think the entire industry over, Billy. But if that wasn't the case, which I don't know how you make that not the case because you have to. Like, this is a hotel. This is a full vacation 
on a train. Uh, but if that wasn't part of the equation, more of us would go with the excitement of wanting to do this. I, I think so. And, you know, when, when I first saw it, read the article, I would love to go on the Orient Express. I, I mean, know. Agatha Christie, you yeah. know what I mean? That movie. Oh, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's the just, book, it's, yeah. It, yeah, really. So uh, hopefully the old- this... The only downfall of a train is that if you are a person in a wheelchair, there is only one tie down. So there is only one availability to go in a, in a wheelchair. And I've known a couple of husband and wife uh, combinations who who have tried to go on trains. And because there's only one spot, they're like, Oh, sorry. You got to take the next one, which becomes a real drag. But yeah, it's like separate the couple. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a good scene with VRL. This is, and I don't mean to like poo poo on the whole happiness of trains, but that is the one, you know, the one sort of negative. And I remember we took a trip to Ottawa and we had to like, we had to all go on separate. Like it was brutal. We loved it because we all got food. We all, you know, we're That's sitting comfortably there, but just separating it because all they had at that time was one tie down. That's it. That's all. Okay. We're going to have to check on that to see if that situation has improved because that's unbelievable to me. Yeah, oh, it is. Like, yeah. Let's just uh, hope only one person with a wheelchair shows up on this train. <laughs> Unreal. Bill Shackleton is a usual suspect on our show, Kelly and Ramya. You can catch Shaq skulking around the studio on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the end of the first hour of the show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of the buzz. The Best of the Buzz with Bill features Bill Shackleton, Kelly McDonald, and Ramya Amuthan of the AMI show Kelly and Ramya. The technical producers of this podcast are Matt Agnew, Jeff Ryman, and Grace Scofield. The manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank. <laughs>